0: What is up, everybody? This is Alex, and you are listening to the American Toffee Podcast, serving up the latest Everton news with stateside views. I hope everyone's having an awesome week, um, especially after the the result on Saturday. Um, Today, I'd like to kind of go into a short piece, kind of jam-packed, all-in-one, some news, rumors, and then kind of a short opinion from, from myself, and then on to the pre-match coverage for Everton versus Burnley on March 3rd. So starting off, um, uh, Paulo Fonseca from uh, Shakhtar Donetsk has been linked with the club for the summer. I actually did some digging, and I don't know how much um, all of you remember or paid attention, but we've, we've been linked with him since 2016, before Ronald Koeman was hired. Um, I didn't remember that. Uh, if I did see it, I'm assuming I would have saw it. That, saw it. Then I, I usually pay pretty close attention to all those types of things, especially summer transfer windows. Um, I guess I just didn't pay attention because at that point he wasn't managing Shakhtar, um, and he wasn't he wasn't necessarily as notable as a, a figure he is now. Um, but essentially, um, he's pretty young. I want to say he's about 44-ish. Uh Shakhtar play pretty exciting, expansive, like attacking football. Um, they've got some pretty big notable wins against Roma and Man City in the Champions League this season. And that tells me that, you know, unlike a couple of our previous managers, um, Fonseca's not afraid to stick it to the quote-unquote big clubs, right? Um, you know, he's he's willing to stick with his style as opposed to, you know, Switching to a five at the back when we play a quote-unquote big team, um, and kind of hoping for some counterattacking attacking uh, football, uh, throwing you know two guys up and hoping it works out. Um, so I think it's pretty exciting. Tomorrow, um, tomorrow being Thursday, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, I'll have a very in-depth detail on PrinceRupert'sTower.com titled "Who Is Paulo Fonseca." So, um, if you'd like to, if you'd like to see uh, quite a few statistics, um, things about his playing career, his managerial career, check that out. Moving on um, today, Wednesday, Allardyce told the media that Classen is no closer to a first-team return than he was before Dubai, and that's pretty alarming. Now, he did go on to mention that uh, Davey does his best in training every day, right? There's no lack of effort. He literally said that. Um, and so that's pretty much the equivalent of saying this guy's trying hard enough. He's just not good. You know, he's just not good. Um, and that's, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. Um, to say to the media, I understand what he was trying to do. Um, obviously it's been the fans questions for six months now, like, where is Davey Klassen? I personally was. Honestly, I was most excited about him this summer, other than Sigerson. Um So I'm pretty bummed that it, it's it's worked out the way it has so far. But it's kind of unfortunate, you know. I think I mentioned in the last episode that it's interesting that Klaassen went to du- or went to Dubai. Schneiderlin didn't, and then what do you know? Schneiderlin's back in the team, um, albeit on the bench. But he's back in the team, and Klaassen is still not in the uh, squad. But then this brings me to my next question. Why is he not playing with the U23s, right? Um, we saw NEAS was kind of ostracized. Obviously, a different manager at that point. But he was ostracized, ostracized, wasn't given a locker. And so he was given time with the U23s, and he kept scoring. And, and you know, that kept his match fitness up. And so Klassen not playing with the U23s, I don't want to speculate too much here. But where my mind goes is that there's a very real understanding that I don't think he plans to be a year past the summer. Um, and the reason why I think that is because, you know, we've seen plenty of times. Uh, even Holgate, he'll drop down to the U23s a couple times. He did it, you know, three ish weeks ago or so before Dubai. Uh, if he didn't play the week before to keep his match fitness up, they'll drop him back down to the U23s and he'll, he'll start a match. Um, so the fact that he's not in any U23 match day squads tells me that they don't see him as a investment. At the moment, um, again, I really hope it doesn't end up that way. I was really excited for him. I know he's a he's a good guy. He tries hard. Again, um, there's something to be said for scoring 20 goals last season. It's not a fluke. Um, so I want to see what happens, but I personally don't see him staying past the summer. So that's very unfortunate. Um, speaking of uh, Allardyce and his uh, his uh, famous media. Um, tactics, he said after Dubai, I think probably about a week ago now, he said that Funes Mori was going to be playing with U23s ahead of um, the Watford match, and he was not in the U23 squad. So I'm wondering if this signals a first-team return uh, this coming weekend at Burnley in a couple days. And then lastly in this uh, category, before we get into the pre-match, and this is just kind of an opinion I've been thinking about over the last couple days, um, and I think really what Everton are missing. Um, I saw a pass map from the Watford game, and it kind of showed, but and it showed Everton and Watford, and there was a huge disconnect in midfield for Everton, right? And that's to be expected. Um, it showed kind of Sigurdsson and Nias were pretty much both straight down the middle, pretty high up the pitch. So there was no outlet on the left. It also showed, um, unsurprisingly, well, actually kind of surprisingly, that uh, most passes Ghana made was to Rooney, or were to Rooney. But the thing was, Rooney's average position was almost right next to him. It wasn't any further up the pitch or anything like that. It was to the left. Well, in my opinion, if you're going to deploy Rooney on the left of the central midfield, right? Okay, yes. Good, like, good idea to play Rooney Deep. I think we can all agree that's pretty much where he's going to have to stay if he's if he wants time. And it helps. But the thing is, he has nobody playing on the left because who's playing on the left, in quotes, is Gilfie Sigurdsson. And he's not a wide midfielder. He doesn't have the pace for it. He has the work rate for it, great. But he doesn't have the pace for it, and that's not his best position. He plays in the center. He's given license, obviously, to roam, into the center. Um... And so what happens, Rooney? You know, we saw. Um, I think we saw. I don't think it was last match. It was match before. No, it was last match. Um, Rooney had you know two or three nice diagonals to Walcott, but the re- the reality is he had no one else to pass it to. He had no. He didn't have anyone on the left. So getting back to the main point. My point is Everton need a central midfielder, preferably someone um, in the box to box uh mold like davies but with a really killer long pass um that's kind of what we're missing see someone in my opinion who was extremely underrated when it came to his passing range was gareth barry right um i always thought he was a fantastic player he's quietly one of the best on the pitch always for us always i don't find it a coincidence that he leaves and um chaos ensues honestly Although he had, he he really like he has he had no pace to burn at the end, right? Um, he was always extremely intelligent with his positioning. Although I think he still does hold the uh, most yellow cards in the league ever, but he he knew when when a tactical challenge was needed. Um, but furthermore, again, he he actually could play some pretty incisive passes from the back, um, and I think we do really miss that. So, you know, kind of going through our midfielder, Schneiderlin and Ghana, in my opinion, they both have very mediocre passing ranges. Um, Schneiderlin may be a little better than Ghana, but you're not going to see either one of them playing a killer long ball or anything like that. Davies, again, um, may be kind of the mold. Or he could be molded into kind of the central midfield box to box. Obviously, he he kind of has the stamina. He plays somewhat of a box to box currently, but he's inexperienced. His passing range is good, but again, I think uh, leaning back on the inexperienced portion, he he doesn't he can't perform consistently enough, especially with with the type of player we need um, to make it happen and solely rely on him. And uh, again, as previously mentioned. They, they realize this is an issue Rooney's they, they've been putting Rooney in to play this role. And again, I think it's smart. It makes sense. But here's the issue is he's too slow and he doesn't offer enough defensive utility to also, or to play there. Right. Because as a central midfielder, you know, you could be very attack minded, great range of passing. But again, if you can't defend, if you can't help be that kind of second to last ditch, uh, defensive effort before the ball reaches the goalkeeper then you're kind of good for nothing so um i think i think again in my opinion we really need to see them sign a central midfielder that can make a nice killer long pass from deep now i don't know where that's going to leave rooney um or davies for that matter i guess davies will probably get time anyway but um, it'll be interesting to see regardless. Definitely interesting to see what happens this summer. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of turnover again, managerial staff uh, and players, but it's definitely needed. It's kind of unavoidable at this point. Now, going into the pre-match, um, Everton travel to Turf Moor this weekend to play Burnley, um, Saturday, March 3rd. Uh, Burnley sits in 7th place with 37 points. Everton sit in ninth with 34 um, Three-point deficit, uh, which coincidentally is how many points Everton can earn with a win. Um, last time we played Burnley at home, we lost 1-0. to zero. I know it was a pretty um, annoying result. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was off a corner. Don't quote me, though. Um, but kind of in all caps on my episode notes, I have, We must produce a result. This is a season-defining match. And 100%, right? I think I saw um, Pickford talking in the media a couple days ago, you know, we're Everton Football Club, we need to finish strong, and obviously that that should be the mindset. You can talk all day long, though, and this is not aimed at Pickford specifically, I don't think we can really be mad at him at all for for anything this season, Um, but, you know, that's the mindset to have, but it needs to translate onto the pitch, otherwise you're just blowing hot air, essentially, and again seventh place we finished seventh place last season so it's honestly pretty crazy to think um that you know we could still possibly i think it's unlikely um but we could still possibly finish seventh this season and all of us would see it as a huge disgrace now obviously we're talking about spending you know somewhere around 230 million euros and getting the same result but you know in a worse fashion regardless um, I think over the last couple months if you told anyone we could we could finish seventh or we would, I think everyone would would take it. So again, um Everton have to take the match by storm. Um, especially away from home. So getting straight into it, my preferred lineup at goalkeeper, Jordan Pickford per usual. I say it every week. I'm gonna continue saying it every week. I really do like Joel Robles. Um Unfortunately, just like Klassen, I don't think he's going to be here in the summer. He's kind of at that awkward position where he's too good to be a backup. Um, I actually feel pretty bad that he's been a backup for so long, to be honest. But he's he's too good to be a backup. Uh, but he's not good enough to be starting for Everton. He could definitely be starting for some of the lower league team or lower level, lower table teams um, in the league, but not at Everton. So um, anyway. Jordan Pickford starts at, at goalkeeper. On defense, um, John Joe Kenny at right back. Sorry, this is a 4-3-3, by the way. I think, uh, I, I think in my opinion, it's the best way to get uh, balance out of the squad, out of the personnel we have. Um, so John Joe Kenny at right back. This is based off the fact that I'm pretty sure Coleman is still going to be out um, with his muscular injury. Um, my center back pairing. This is going to be a little interesting, I think, for y'all. But uh, I want to see Jagielka and Williams start. Uh, Williams was was pretty good last week. Obviously, he was kind of um, he was somewhat at fault. I think both center backs were at fault for the Dini goal. But um, I think that there's something to be said for Williams and Jagielka last season uh, for how they performed together. And Although I actually did think that Michael Keem performed very well, besides the goal, um, besides his deci- decision making at that point, um, I think he just he's just prone to to those types of mistakes almost every match. Um, I do some part of me part of me feels like we could use his his, his uh, height and his physicality, but I think this time around. We play the two veterans, Jagielka and Williams. I'm always partial to Jagielka. I don't know if, you've, uh, if you guys can tell yet, um, but I think those two would be the best choice. And then at left-back Baines, I'm hoping Baines is going to be back. Um, I know, you know, whatever it was a week ago, a week and a half, a week ago, I guess, um, Allardyce was talking about Baines should be nearing a return. So I'd like to say that Baines is going to start at left-back. Um, and back to Johnjo Kenny, I'm hoping that he does a bit better this week against uh, less pacey opponents um, because, to be honest, last week I thought he he got tore apart along with Cuco. Uh But that was De La Fe was doing. Um, in midfield, the midfield three, I'm kind of shaking things up a little bit. Nothing too crazy, though. I want to see Ghana and Davies playing deep. And then at the 10, I'd like to see Gilfie Sigurdsson. Um, Rooney was not good last match at all. He was, he was not good. He was very poor. I think that was the worst match I've seen him play, um, for Everton, uh, this season. So start Sigurdsson and emphasis on the fact that you're playing him in his best position, right? If you want to see him succeed, give him the best opportunity to succeed as well as the team. And then our forward three, uh, was poor last match. So I'd really like to see Cenk soon start up top. Um, Walcott, he's a mainstay in the team, in my opinion. I, I don't think anyone can argue that. Um, my only thing would be this week, get him the ball more. Get him the ball more. Um, I think we could say that about anyone in the t- in the front three or four last week. But um, he, he can make it happen, right? He makes things happen. He's very confident on the ball, which is refreshing to see. Even when a match is going poorly, you give Walcott the ball and you almost feel confident as well. Notice how I said almost. Um, And then on the left, uh, I guess I'm going to take Yannick Blassie. Now, I thought he looked pretty poor when he came on last match as well. Now, that, again, was for whatever it was, 13, 14, 15 minutes. Um, Now, I say Yannick Blassie. I think that's the most likely option if I'm saying start two wingers. I know, crazy concept. Um, I personally would prefer... To play Nikola Vlasic, but I know that's 100% not going to happen. He hasn't been making the squad. Uh, there's no way that Allardyce is going to start Vlasic over Blasi. So I'm going to go with a, a more realistic um, choice. Although again, still gamble. Don't know if he'll start two wingers or not. And I like to point out, right? Um, the reason why I'm choosing that front three, uh, past the fact that I think it gives us the best six, or the best chance for success going forward, is the fact that. Burnley play with very large but lethargic players, right? Um, It's a team, just like West Brom, that focuses on utilizing their physicality, their strength, their height to dominate a match, uh, maybe grab points off a set piece. And so, in my mind, the only way to exploit that is with pace, with blistering pace. So, I think that um, playing Sigurdsson in his best position in the center of the pitch Um, without having to track back on the left um, along with having pace on the wings is going to give us the best chance we can get so as always thank you so much for tuning in Um, again I've been writing articles posting the podcast on PrinceRupertstower.com check it out there are a lot of good articles up there uh, all Everton related Um, if you're on iTunes please uh, subscribe, rate, review it helps me out immensely with um, the search algorithm when people search the term, in quotes, Everton, for example. um, The more I have, uh, the higher up it'll keep me on, on the search. So that would be extremely helpful. And I will talk to you guys after the match on Saturday.